Hello everyone and thank you so much for downloading this episode of Beast Pod. My name is Ian. On today's show, Mem, Ben and myself look back on Barnett's disappointing and deflating 2-0 defeat at home to Dagenham Redbridge on Bank Holiday Monday. At the start of the show, we're delighted to have an excellent high five from John Lewis who talks us through the game before the three of us get down to the issues facing the Bees at the start of the season and our hopes and aspirations for the months ahead. Enjoy the show. This is John Lewis for High Five, reporting on the Bees' 2-0 defeat at the Hive against Dagenham and Redbridge. Barnet went into the game looking to record their first home points of the season. They faced a, a strong Dagenham team that have fancied to do well this season and who boasted five ex-Barnet players and who had won both of their opening two games. We lined up in a 3-5-2 formation, Sam Sargent in goal, a somewhat makeshift set of three centre-backs in Richards Everton, Mitch Brundle and Harry Taylor, Thomas and Doherty as wing-backs, and then Payne, Tasdemir and Flanagan as the midfield three, with Powell and Bloomfield up front. We began well and were probably the better side in the first 15 minutes. We created a couple of early chances from well-worked pre-rehearsed corner routines, and Tasdemir forced a nice save from their goalkeeper with a 25-yard shot. But we found ourselves 1-0 down on 21 minutes, with a, to a relatively soft goal. It's a diagonal shot from the corner of the penalty box, which should have been fairly regulation for Sam Sargent. And although he got a hand on it, instead of pushing the ball sideways to safety, he parried it out in front of him, straight to a completely unmarked Paul McCallum, who had an easy tap-in for 1-0. It got worse about five minutes later for Barnett, when Powell limped off with an injury, and he was replaced in a straight swap by Efron mason Clark. At this point, Dagenham did start to get on top. They created a couple of nice chances, and then on 37 minutes, they were gifted a second goal with some calamitous defending by Barnett. There was a high ball dropping to Mitch Brundle, which he telegraphed that he was looking to head back to Sam Sargent. It was obvious to pretty much everybody in the stadium that Paul McCallum had seen this and was going to run in to intercept it. For some reason, Brundle didn't notice or didn't get a shout, and nevertheless tried to head the ball back. The header was too soft, and it went straight into the path of Paul McCallum. Sargent did well um, to save the initial shot, but the rebound fell to a completely unmarked Josh Walker, who had an easy tap-in to put the Daggers 2-0 ahead. At this point, many fans, I think, were probably fearing another Notts County-style defeat. We did look the weaker team for the remainder of the first half, Despite Dagenham's clear dominance towards the end of the first half, we didn't make any real changes at half-time, which surprised me. As a result, the first 15 minutes of the second half were a pretty dull affair. Dagenham were pretty content to conserve their lead. They were well-organised, physical and kept their shape well. When we were faced with a bank of four and a bank of five, we really struggled to break them down. Finally, on 60 minutes, we did make a change with Glanville replacing Thomas. This allowed us to rejig our formation to a 4-2-3-1, with Harry Taylor going to right back, Glanville and Payne being the two deeper lying people in the middle, and Bloomfield up top. However, it didn't really make much of an impact on the overall path of the game. Dagenham still looked the better team. We had a couple of half-decent crosses into the box that no one could get on the end of, and a shot from distance. The better of the chances, if anything, fell to Dagenham, although they weren't able to put them away for a third. All in all, a pretty comfortable win for Dagenham, 
who looked much the better team. It was a very gloomy day weather-wise at the Hive on a grey August bank holiday Monday and it was pretty gloomy on the football front. I'm not sure how much you can read into that game. It is very early days in the season and we do have a new squad that are getting to know each other. And of course, Dagenham are a strong team who I expect to be in and around the playoffs. In Kewell's defence, we were missing three centre-backs. Marriott, our best player in pre-season, who I can only assume has picked up an injury or some COVID-related complication. And we spent most of the match without Powell, who was on paper our best player in the starting eleven. Nevertheless, we can't escape the fact we posed very little attacking threat. And to be honest, the bench looked pretty threadbare, with very limited options there when we needed to change things up or pose a new threat. It wasn't obvious to me either what our game plan was going forward. We very much played like a team with little understanding or chemistry between the players. They didn't seem to know which runs to make, where each each other would be, and as a result, it was very difficult to pass the ball with any fluidity, tempo or incisiveness. I suspect the next few games are going to be quite challenging for us. We've got quite a tough set of opponents and I can't imagine many of the visiting scouts watching will be too worried about facing us. If we play like we did today and we don't get more players back, I think we're going to struggle to pick up many points over the next few games. Hello everyone and welcome to the first uh, in-season full Beast pod. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined uh, by two stalwarts on the pod, starting off first of all with our very own uh, Ben Young. Ben, this is the second time you've seen the Bees uh, this season, but before we get into that, how are you doing today? Uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. Good, good, good. All things um, considering. Yeah, <laughs> quite. We'll get onto that in a moment. I'm also delighted uh, to be joined by the man who didn't predict Barnett to finish seventh this season, but did predict a strong upper mid-table showing, and that is Mem. How are you doing today, Mem? I need to change my uh, prediction. <laughs> that was, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, wound up after that performance. So uh, this is going to be an interesting pod. Yes, it, it was an interesting pod. I mean, we we joined, we joined ourselves in uh, in the bar after watching Barnet lose two 0 at home to Dagenham Redbridge. Uh, the goal scorers, uh, well, uh, let's just say that we've seen them do that in front of the North Terrace many times. Paul McCallum and Josh Walker, and overall a pretty difficult, tricky, frustrating afternoon for the Hive it did feel towards the end that a year and a half's worth of frustrations were just sort of being born out on the pitch we'll start with you first of all Ben if that's okay just talk us through the game from your perspective what happened why did we lose any cause for optimism what did you see out on the pitch today well for the uh, for the first 20 minutes we we looked pretty competitive and we we were actually putting together some nice moves and we had a good spell of pressure where we forced the daggers keeper into three or four pretty good saves uh, Bloomfield had a header that if he put it either side of the keeper, it would have uh, gone in. Um, but um, as soon as Dagenham scored, and again, it was not a good goal to concede. It was a very bad goal to concede. Um, Wright took a speculative shot from uh, outside the area and Sargent pushed it out rather than wide. And it left McCallum uh, with an easy tap in. Uh, our confidence just uh, just went. Um, and I really want to see that second goal again because it was just horrific on every level possible. Well, yeah, I know, I know what you mean, but uh, I, it just has to be seen to believe. And um, we, we lost all belief. Um, uh, and tactically, um, I just can't see how we're, we're going to win matches. 
Uh, we have um, a very slow central midfield. We have some skillful players uh, further up the pitch who want the ball constantly to feet. How, how are we going to turn teams? Um, our, our wing backs do not uh, push the, other, the opposite numbers back. Um, when Bloomfield wins a header, which happens sometimes, uh, not as much as someone like McAdam, but it does happen, are um, the players um, around him aren't anticipating the, the flick-ons. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I, it's looking very bleak for me at the moment. Well, I'm <laughs> no. sure Man will bring some positivity <laughs> to the situation. No, I, you, I, 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 look, to, 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 to build upon what Ben was saying, everything Ben was saying was, is, is absolutely spot on. I see a team um, which with far too many players who want the ball into feet. And there is a strip either side of the mid of the, uh, you know, either side, either, in either wing-back positions, where our wing-backs are scared of actually making an attacking run. And we covered this in the preview, and I said, and we had this long conversation about putting Efron as a wing-back. And the reason I say that, and you could sort out today, Dagger's played with two, essentially, wingers as their wing-backs. They were never troubled in behind because neither of our wing-backs even with even thinking about making a run in behind. And the only person who started making runs in behind was when Harry Taylor switched to right back in the second half. And nobody would give nobody wants to put the put him in, in, in around the back. If and this is the problem and this is what we became. We were so blunt down the sides and the centre of the centre in defensive midfield and, and centre back, we were painfully slow. And then in our, our side and nobody and then we've got we've got all our attacking mids all want the ball in the half space. And so you've got this scenario where it, it was just so easy to play against. And the, the daggers just have to just hold their shape. And, and, it, and, and we, we just had no ideas. And, 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 and the other thing that I, I, sort of, I spotted from the game as well was the sort of... In a, it was it was the original. We started off by getting Flanagan on the ball, and he was passing it, he was moving it, he was following it, he was linking up with Tasmadir, and then at some point um, we we pushed him on into the, like the players of ten. But the problem with that is all that did was just crowd him out, and then and then we we brought on Efron, and it was crying out for Efron to open his legs up, getting the ball in behind, get him up, and just tell him just get. But Efron wanted to come inside as well, and Efron wanted to get on the ball inside, and it was to me it was been it would have been like. Bring off Thomas on the right-hand side. Tay Efren just plays a right, right winger. Just go and play right winger, and we'll play without a right wing back, and we'll push Marrow back. And it, it, it's, it's that inability. It was that inability to be brave and um, and really try and get and push Dagenham back. It was everything was just far too passive. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it's a real frustrating performance, particularly given the first twenty minutes or so. Um, I guess Ben. You've seen Barnett play once more than Mem and I this season in the Notts County. Well, tried to play once more this season in the Notts County game, or at least we played for a half in that game. Do you think that what we saw today was a problem with the theoretical tactics and the theoretical game plan that Kuhl's putting together? Or do you think it's a problem that uh, we don't quite have the players to execute it? Or is it somewhere in the middle? Uh, it, it could be all of this. Um, I, I would say that Notts County... Um, exploited um, the spaces that our formation offered um, pretty ruthlessly and um, while daggers didn't exactly do the same thing uh, they, they they still um, 
they, they, they still seemed a lot more dynamic in the way they, uh, they played through the middle and up the wings than we do. We're, we're, just, very, we're just very stodgy in the way we play. Uh, I, I, I just don't see how we can ever force... Uh, the, way, the way that we're set up and with the personnel we have, I can't see how we can actually force the issue. We had that good spell um, and we just, we just didn't exploit it. Um, so I, I really don't see, uh, I can't see an easy way out here. We, I, I mean, I think the first thing we need to do is actually s put some people with legs in midfield. You saw um, Sagaf today, the daggers um, number eight. Uh, he was a one-man dynamo, linking up play, um, you know, buzzing around all the place, uh, making sure we didn't have any time on the ball. Um, you know, even more so than, than Marrow. And that, that is someone that we don't have in this squad. Yeah, you should have the profile. Mem, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, essentially our team looks like a Sabutio team. We're all, I mean, if you look at the shape and you look up, if you were to get a helicopter above the team, the shape is exactly how Harry Kill plays it. But the difference is, is that there's, there's the taking, the, having, holding a good shape, and then it's the individual battles within that. And there's not enough aggressive, aggression um, and in, in, in our attacking intent. There, there is, it's, it's just, like I made the point, it is passive, but it is, it's passive. It's, it's kind of like hoping that something will happen when actually to make something happen, you have to be aggressive in your running, in your, you know, in, in closing down. There's just not enough aggression. And um, what was clear to me as well when, was that we're looking at somebody like, um, what's called like, someone like Thomas is, he just he's 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 not ready to be playing adult football, and I felt Granville wasn't ready to be playing football. And I watched him, um, and it, it was it was really and, and yeah, and we got to somehow find a way to inject some legs in our centre mid. Robinson and Sagaf is it Sagaf? They literally ate ate the yards up, and they just ground up the midfield. I mean, it's 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 an interesting point you make because I think in certainly in the Notts County game from the excited highlights I watched, I think on their website, and then obviously from today. There is a kind of a case to be made about play, you know, systems and structures and formations, but there is also a blunt reality. I don't think I'd be alone in thinking that there is not a single Barnet player that would get into the Dagenham eleven. And you know, if you look at the five players that left us, you know, even Reynolds, who I'm not a huge fan of as a player, um, you know, he would be in there certainly ahead of our back three. Mara would be in there. Johnson would be in there. McCollum and, and Walker would obviously be in there. So. It could also it could be a case that we just haven't recruited personnel well enough. But one thing I want to get onto, Ben, is is like this is on the one hand we can say it's you know the early season we're playing some competitive teams. On the other hand, though, like it is a bit worrying that we seem to have run out of plans uh, <laughs> after game three, um, and we seem to have kind of recruited. You know, these are not players that were knocking around from the you know the, the horror show that was last season. You know, <laughs> let's let's get to them now. You know, Brundle. Pain, you know, they were recruited by the club. Like we chose to buy these players and to or to, to pay them money. What I mean, do, do you think that this is a kind of recruitment issue that's cropping up here? I mean, is there any system in which some of these players could be competent, or are we just looking at another season of just awful recruitment? To, to me, it does look like a recruitment issue. I don't think there's any hiding from it. Um, I think players like Flanagan and Tasdemir have the quality to do well in the system that suits them, but uh, and, and with the appropriate uh, players backing them up, but they, they don't have it. I, I just think the likes of um, Brundle and Payne uh, just don't cut it. 
And okay, we, 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 so far we've played three of the stronger teams in this division and uh, naturally they're going to exploit uh, weaknesses that we have. But the same goes with weaker teams in this division. And you see team uh, like, uh, I'm sure that Kings Lynn are not going to be pulling up trees this season, but they've already scored goals and uh, won matches uh, so far this season. Um, I just can't see how we're going to win matches the way we're set up as we are. I mean, Mem, you were, you were getting pretty irate at, at, at those two, uh, you know, troublemakers uh, in the middle of our pitch today. What, what's your um, thoughts on the recruitment this season? Well, if you're, looking at, if you're looking at building a squad, you've got to take into consideration not uh, the blend across your squad. And one of the things that a lot of managers do and is they look at it and they say to themselves, OK, I've got this kind of player because I need a player that's going to link. I need a player that's going to that's going to run in behind. I need a player that's going to go and win the ball. I need a player that's going to go and sweep up. And I look at the way that we've constructed the squad and I think we've forgotten to, to get any players that have got athleticism. There is no athleticism in our team. You look at all the players we had there and you look at the players we've got who are, who are on the um, what's called, who are on the injured list. Now, Turley is a good player. Widowson's a good player. Um, They'll come back in, and obviously there'll be no Brundle at centre-back, which is a relief. Um, and, and obviously they'll create competition. Harry Taylor, hopefully, my ideal would be that Harry Taylor pushes into, into at least holding mid. Now, he hasn't got the, the speed off the mark that we still need, but he is a better player than, than Payne. I'm, I, I can't, there is no planet that, that Harry Taylor isn't a better player than Payne. So he should be playing in there. So that's, that's fine. So from a defensive perspective, we're fine. But we're still stodgy, as, as, as Ben said. It's, it's the, 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 we have not recruited anybody with any real legs across the team. And the Daggers team today, when I look at that team, it's solid and they rely really heavily on the goals of the, having two of the best finishers in the league. But, and they've got tons of dynamism. So the two wide guys are quick. And they've got the two centre mid guys, the quick, and then they've got a guy who's playing holder midfield, and he just sits there, dictates play. Um, there is nothing particularly special about Dagenham, but they have recruited very well, based just by going to the market at Barnet. But um, um, but this is where I look at. I think and I'm thinking, yeah, this is this should be part of a bigger plan, and this should be an idea. Of what, of what what a player should be you know who should be recruiting. I mean, this is this is a, a really interesting question for me because if you look at you could look excuse today based on the fact that of our three centre backs, perhaps only one of them, Richard Everton, would be one that would be a first choice. Although based on today's showing, I have you know my doubts there. And you could say, well, you know, Widowson and Tardy would come back in. But both of those players are the wrong side of thirty, right? And they're not going to get any better. I mean, you know, I think they're both solid players. I think they'll both add a lot when they come back in. But it's not as though we're, you know, building and blooding in young players. And when I look at the, the team today, I just get, and I, you know, watch Barnet for, what is it, 20 years now? You know when you see a bad Barnet side, and it's always the same. It's a weird mix of quite talented, inexperienced players who really struggle as, as part of their career stage to deliver under pressure. And I'm thinking of that sort of Robson team being the best example of that from 10 years ago, where you had some really talented players who were just thrown way out of their depth and struggled. And then you mix it with a bunch of kind of professionals who are sort of on a weird downward journey, um, who 
for whatever reason, like, you know, can't quite get it going. And on their day, those individual players in a decent setup and in a harmonious squad could make a real, you know, value add, right? Like Flanagan, I could see playing for Notts County. You know, I could see, you know, Tasdemir playing for, for Dagenham in, in, in theory, right? Or at least coming off the bench for them. But when, you know, it's when things aren't going your way and you look around and say, well, who's actually going to pull us? Who's going to actually lead us out of this mess? Um, and I worry that we haven't actually got that. Um, I mean, Ben, you've obviously seen a lot of the horrors of last season. A lot of people be looking at this and saying, lost to EC on the first day of last season by five, or they scored five, same this season. Picked up a point away from home in the last 10 minutes. And now we're you know, getting popped quite comfortably at home. But against Dagenham side, who in the second half just decided to, you know, not, not bother. Are you worried that this season is heading in a similar direction to last season? Or is it far too early to start making those sort of comparisons? The, the, the signs don't look good. I would say that it is still very early, but uh, I haven't seen much at all to um, comfort me, to, to be frank. Um, and I think we may be thankful that Dover has started on minus 12 points. And there's one side missing from the league. Yeah. I, have to, I have to say, though, one thing I would say, look, is from what I saw today, there was a lot of technical stuff that was really bad, right? But the, the thing is, is that any coach worth his salt should have seen, should spot what the issues were and work on those issues. And the fact is, and the way I look at it is, is that if you can get the two, if you can get the two wing backs to actually contribute something in the attacking third by way of making runs or dummy runs or whatever, that will create space for people like Flanagan and Tasmadir to actually make. But the problem they have is, is that everything's bunched up and the amount of time, Flanagan's a clever player. I watched him and I could see him. He's looking up, he's looking. And at one point, you got a left, at the, of course, you had, there was one point in the second half where he got the ball in the kind of left half space and he's, he's, got, he's opened his body up and he's looking, okay, he's looking for the switch to the right. The switch to the right now, whoever was playing um, right centre-back, and I think by this point it was Blundell, uh, I call him, not Brundle, Blundell, um, had, hadn't worked out that he needs to step into that right spa- into that space to the right because Harry Taylor had pushed on. So he's looking for that switch to, to into, and Brundle has just, has not, he's just sat on the standing on the halfway line. So he turns out to look to the left side to see if his left foot, and he looks back, and um, Doty is about 15 yards in our, behind him in our half. And you're like, hang on a second, if, if the guy's on the left half space, you should be overlapping him. And, he's, and, and it was no moves. And I, and I looked at that and I thought, you know, how can this? How can you get these talented guys? How can they? How can they play if if basically they're being? It's easy for them to be uh, what's called um, uh, doubled and tripled up on because nobody else is making runs to take people away. And it's it's interesting. Like we come back to the sort of Notts County game now, Ben, because it seems as though, at least from my perspective, the quality of coaching of talent of player in the league is a lot higher this season than it was and I think it's kind of edged up incrementally I think you've had some bad sides in this league you know I think you'd struggle to find a worse bottom five than you had last season but it does seem to me that the top clubs through investment but through long-term planning at clubs like Boreham Wood etc are at a much higher level than they were three years ago four years ago five years ago and the last time we had real success in this league apart from that run and it was just a run of 20 games under Curry was really 2014-15 I worry that we're kind of being left behind a little bit and that we're trying to do things. And I know there's been a lot of good stuff off the, off the pitch, which I think is worth bearing fruit. But we're, we're playing catch-up to sides like Dagenham, sides like Notts County, 
um, sites like well, obviously Wrexham with money behind them, Chesterfield, Borehamwood, Woking, Halifax, like all these clubs have overtaken us. Are, are you sort of, you know, a bit worried, not just about this sort of squad, but also about, you know, that we might need to do some more fundamental work with the squad, with the setup, etc., to get uh, the kind of the results going in the right direction long term. It it does feel that um, yeah that 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 we're being left that not only do you have this um, the, these very big ex league clubs like um, Notts County, Chesterfield, Wrexham, who are able to put a great deal of resource into not just their squads but their um, their backup staff and. Um, yeah, they uh, like Notts County have a very technically minded uh, coach who um, is getting to play in a much more sophisticated way than before. But now, yeah, teams just below that level, such as your Bromleys, your um, Boreham Woods, um, uh, even you know, your Eastleys, even though they've started the season very badly, who who are um, also much more progressive in in the way they. Um, they're, they're set up um, and um, yeah unless we're able to catch up with them then we're, we're not we're not going to be able to make a challenge uh, for the uh, for the top half let alone the uh, playoff places yeah I mean Ben's mentioned the top half there Mem this is the first time you've seen the bees this season it's difficult to compare against the Dagenham side who I think we'll probably all agree will be somewhere in around that top seven perhaps not at the top unless they hit a really good run of form with the sides that are up there are you worried about relegation this season or are you think it's that talk is, is far too soon to, to have? I think it's too soon. I think that there's plenty of stuff there to be like, if, if, if Harry Kiel uh, solves the issues that we've got in the team. Now, one thing I would say is, is ch- change the formation and it means we reset, we, we might as well, we, we're like resetting. So I don't, if he wants to play with the back three, then play with the back three, but focus on the, the technical deficiencies of what's going on. Now, if we start losing, we start improving on all the aspects that we've talked about, movement off the ball, things like that, get some, maybe getting a player in who's got legs in midfield, then, and we're still losing, then I'll start to get worried. But I think there's enough things that we can improve upon that, I mean, let's be fair, there's, but there was two, like, like there was, you know, there was, there was a, a, a period of about five, 10 minutes in the second half where we, where we looked a bit dangerous. And then the first 25 minutes was really good. And I thought the, I was really impressed with the set-piece stuff. Yeah. The set-piece stuff, like we've talked about this before, that in this league, um, it, it's, you might as well forget about the middle pit portion of the pitch, but it's about the, what you do in each box. Um, because you can, make, you can play all the progressive football you want in, this, in, in the two-thirds in the middle of the pitch. Um, those, those boxes are where, you, where it counts. And it looked like that we have got enough going on with that that we could probably score enough goals from dead balls. We, we should have scored at least two goals from, uh, from corners. I mean, you say that. I, I, I agree. There was a positive spell at the start, but I think it's only positive because it's framed by the horror show that came after that. We created absolutely nothing from open play today. Uh, we had a couple of shots from sort of 20, 25 yards out. Um, but, you know, Bloomfield, did Bloomfield have a shot today? Well, I think it was the head of the head out was it, OK? I, I mean, from the set piece, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I really am quite worried, and I, I just look around that side, and I don't know where those goals are going to come from. Um, the other thing I would add in there is that we've made a couple of, of big signings um, with certain players that we seem to have invested some part of our budget into players like Powell, for example. Um, very difficult to judge off of one performance, but you know, 
he did look fit from the first game. He looks, he looks a little bit Collins, Sean. I mean, it, it, not, perhaps not that bad, but he didn't look fit from the, from the get-go. Um, obviously, he went down with that hamstring injury, and we know those ones are one of those really annoying injuries where, you know, it kind of goes for a little bit and it comes back and you really need a proper rest in order to get sort of fully fit again. Bear in mind as well that we're not really gathering much pace there. We don't quite know what's going on with Marriott. Um, you, know, what, what, you know, how long his injury is or how long he's going to be out for. I'm really, really concerned that we're a side that are going to be beaten quite comfortably by the top sides in the sort of second or third gear, that will battle their way to a couple of points. But I cannot see us with more than five or six points after the first eight games of the season. I'm not sure. See, I see your point. There is part of me, though, that thinks that with the improvement of the dead ball, uh, of the corner kicks and the corner kick routines, in this division, you can be like Solihull was successful because uh, because they you know they got they did nuts and bolts defending, and um, and they were dangerous in they were dangerous from dead ball kicks. So or restarts, sorry. Um, so I can see us scoring goals from from restarts. Um, but what I my what my issue is 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 the bit about the pressure before that that wins you the corner. And I think that's the thing. That's the key. In the final third, even if we don't create uh, goals and chances from in the final third, if we put teams on, if we've got enough pr- pressure on the teams and they concede free kicks and corners, then we are dangerous enough to score from them. So I don't have a problem with that. But the problem is, is, is like, is that, is that we need to have the, the sustained pressure to to win the dead ball kicks, and we're not in like I said, the most of the second half there was no pressure. But and I also think this is something I don't know if you agree with me on it, Ben, but. Like, when you lose your first game of the season 5-0 and you get battered 5-0 at home, let's be honest, it was, you know, really, really not, not good. There is, some, yeah, yeah. there is something, I think, in the back of your mind, if you're, a, you know, a, a young, new player, whatever, that worries when that first goal goes in, something like this might happen again. It can be quite a scarring experience. I also think that for the players that were here last season... Last season was a really scary experience. Like, even if you bring in a whole bunch of new players, you saw it with Barnett. We were constantly bringing, we, we, you know, we must have got through hundreds of players in those seasons we set up, hundreds of players, you know, almost four digits of players, okay? The result was always the same because you're coming into an environment or it's just something about it that the fans, whether it's the fans, the players, whatever, Scared. where you can see, yeah, you can see that first goal and you think, oh shit, here we go again. And I think with us, I'm really worried that 5 0, okay, it was against Moss County, they're a good side. You get hammered like that on the first day of the season. And then even today, that first, the moment that goal went in, there was, there, was only, there was no doubt who was going to win that game of football. We never looked like getting back into it. And it could have been, I'm not saying you know, it was as bad as Notts County, but it could have been more than that if Dagenham wanted to. I mean, they were time-wasting in the 70th minute for some reason, um, which I don't, I don't quite know why. I, I don't know what your thoughts are. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's, as you said, there's, there's two groups of players. You have the very young ones who've played... Now, someone like Flanagan hasn't really played any competitive footballs before he joined us. How, how, does, how does he react to something like this? Someone like Tazdemir, he's only on loan for a year. Um, how does that test his commitment? And yeah, the pl- players we had last year, um, you're, such as Richards Everton, you can see when, um, after we lost to Wildstone last year at, um, at their place, uh, when we lost 5-1 and Harry Taylor was interviewed, how much it uh, affected him, and um, it's like uh, it's like these old scars being uh, reopened again. It, I, well, it was interesting actually saying about that because it was noticeable. And I was watching Harry Taylor when he moved to right back, and he was making these runs in behind the ones that we've been, you know, I was shouting at Thomas to make all game. Um, 
you could see he was, he was he was very irritable with his team around him about when the ball wasn't being delivered. And I, I wonder if that is a, a hangover from last year where he just was frustrated with the people around him. Well, this is the, this is the worrying sign, right? I, I think a lot of those, it's just, it's become such a, it's such a cycle. You know, you, you have bad result, low confidence, worse performance, worse result, worse confidence. And, it, and it's very difficult to sort of stop that negative cycle. Um, you, I also, the other thing I was interested was watching Harry Kuehl because his frustrations were evident on the sideline, like constantly. And when we came to that game last season, um, I think it was, we came to the game where they lost 2-0 here. Obviously, it's a different backroom. So the, the attitude on the sideline was very, very different. Um, and I'm, I'm a bit... I'm a bit concerned. Kiel's sides have always conceded a lot of goals. Um, you know, I think his Oldham side, he left, had scored the second most and conceded the most. Um, I'm a bit worried that he's got half of that going from the <laughs> Barnet, but the other half, not quite there. What, if you were Harry Kiel and you were sort of, you know, standing on the sideline as he was today, what sort of things would you be saying to the players, not just about the sort of tactics, but also perhaps around the, the mentality or around, you know, how would you go about perhaps fixing some of that longer term malaise that seems to have sort of maybe settled into when that first goal goes in, causing those heads to drop, causing that frustration, putting you on the spot here, man. I'd use, I'd, use, um, I'd use the great coach and great manager, Ted Lasso's approach, which is, um, which is be a goldfish. Uh, so forget when you, forget when you make uh, an is, error. Isn't that what um, uh, Brundle was today? I don't think, I think, well, I think Brundle was, was forgetting who he was. I think, uh, you know, that was a bit different. I think Goldfish just forgets what happens, not forgets who he is. Um, but yeah, I think that's, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But then the way I look at it is, is this. If the coach has got, is, is going to turn up on the training ground and he's looking at it and he's like, I don't know what I could do to make this team any better. That's the point where you're, you're kind of like, you're on your way out. And that's the point where the players lose interest in you and lose and, and you lose the dressing room there is enough there that that you and I and even Ben I don't know if Ben's got any coaching experience could do could put a session on to 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 sort out some of the issues that were from today and that shows to the players okay we, we've we've seen we've spotted the problems and we're going to work towards that it gives them a focus and it gives them a goal um It'd be a lot different if we couldn't work out and go, shit, we're just rubbish. And it was, literally, I couldn't see, and without replacing every single player on the team, I can't see how we're going to fix this. But there's plenty that we can do on the training grounds that they're going to have to spend a lot of time on the training grounds and fixing some of these issues. But there's, there is stuff that is coachable in this. Who knows if they have or haven't spent time fixing it already. I'd be worried if they had. Um, before we, um, before we uh, sort of move on to some stuff to do with the, the BFCA, um, uh, we are currently, and I'm keeping a tally of, um, well, actually, it's currently 1-1 uh, points and statements. Uh, we've got one point from three games. We've had one statement from TK after three games. I'm quite curious to see what it will be by the time we get to October. Um, a, a, a quite incredible uh, statement released. I think <laughs> it was like Jack Reynolds' Christmas had come all at once. He didn't even demand it either. This is the funny thing. Jack wasn't even demanding one, and he, and he, and he, brought, he still did a statement. I thought that was, I thought that was TK... You know, unless unless Jack's got a hotline to TK and he pressed the button and TK went, right, all right, I got it, all right, statement. It's, it's, it's like the statement, like, you know, Batman button, you know. It was an extraordinary statement. I mean, I didn't quite know where to start. Um, there's a great, uh, Adam Hurry on Twitter runs a brilliant podcast called Football Clichés and he, he sort of went to town with parts of it. You know, you had the, you know, the, the classic sort of corner flag shot, the <laughs> comunicado oficial, as they would say in Spain. And then, you know, I clicked on it and assumed it would be some sort of usual thing. 
um, as we've come to expect from TK over the years, but it was an unbelievable breakdown, Craig David style, of everything that had happened <laughs> leading, up, leading, up to the, leading up to the game. Um, With that I mean, love at the end. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know, Ben, you were here against the Notts County game. I mean, perhaps that performance did, result, did deserve yeah, that. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> what, did you, what, did you, what did you make of that statement? Uh, I mean, uh, personally, uh, I only got to the match like a, a minute before kickoff, so I didn't really experience uh, these issues. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know what to, <laughs> to make of it. It's, uh, um, wasn't, wasn't that list more like the lyrics for We Didn't Start the Fire? But yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just like the stream of consciousness. <coughs> Once he started, he just... Yeah, I was waiting he had to listen to that. that. England's got a new queen at the end of it, and I thought, like, <laughs> it's, uh, into the chorus. <laughs> it's, um, look, I mean, it's... It's just interesting, I guess. There's obviously some frustrations, always is at Barnet, and I think a part of that is in, inevitably due to the poor performance on the pitch, right? You know, when you're winning, it's much easier to forget, um, you know, the odd thing going wrong. Um, it's a shame to see the South Terrace, I think, closed. I think we're all in agreement on that, and it's an affordable option for people to come and watch a game of football. Um, it's on the list, mate. It's, it's on the list. list. Well, let's get to this list then, man. What, what, what in, your, in your role is, uh, you know, you, you use the interview with TK to, to, to launch a power grab at the heart of the club. Uh, <laughs> 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 we all know it. Um, but just tell us through what's been happening there. Has there been any sort of changes, any sort of communication with TK? Um, yeah, so our chairman's been in touch with TK and with Victoria, who works. I think I'm not sure. Victoria's got quite a wide ranging role in the club, so so she's they've uh, there has been contact. Um, the list that we're we're, we're currently uh, working on um, is a big file. It's a massive file. It's turning into a book. Um, yeah, there is a lot. I mean, God, like just even just today experience, just going going to the bar and. Um, just now, it's it's still it's there, there, there's a lot of sort of things that are just a bit annoying, um, but yeah, it's on the behind the scenes. We are, we're working on it. We got I think we've got a meeting coming up soon, and we're going to talk about sort of um, how what, how we're going to go for how we're going to go forward with with uh, our communication with the club. But ultimately, we need to get in front of uh, TK, and I think he's. I'm not sure what, what's going on with that because I've I've left that to the, the chairman. I'm, I just you know I'm the secretary, so I just do the admin. So and the, and the and the Twitter account. That's how it starts. Where I get, where I, oh, yeah. Just want to say actually, um, you know, the, the support association Twitter account is for support association stuff. If you want to know about tickets, if you want to know about football kits and stuff like that, um, if you want to know when the next train to uh, what's called to Stanmore is, that's not our account. Is what our account's for. Okay, thanks. <laughs> he needs his mind free for bigger things, such as uh, you know re-establishing the, uh, the South Stats. Well, funny enough, actually, Sam Collins. Um, so Sam Collins mans the Facebook account with me. And, um, and he's, he's developed a very close relationship, close friendship with the Notts County guy. And they chat on most days. Uh, just it's so random. The guy just thinks, thinks that it's like, you know, he's, I think he thinks he's best buddies with Sam Collins now. Um, it just constantly, just every day, sends, seems to send a message to the support association email. He's from Notts County. <laughs> Well, listen, every member's a member. Um, He's not even a member. He's just like, I don't know. And then he, and he put posts uh, um, asking everybody to put um, feedback about Barnet on there as well. So, um, so all of a sudden, we just got bombarded with Notts County people just sending us emails. I mean, I think they had a, quite a rough experience, the Notts County people, did, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that Because he thinks his friends are Sam. Has just, has just like added, you know, like told everybody to come and join him and emailing us. So anyway, 
in the life of a sport association. <laughs> it sounds it sounds thrilling. Um, but moving again onto the sort of the final part of the of the pod, then guys, back onto on field matters. Um, we're not beholden by the transfer window uh, insofar as other clubs are, at least in, to the same extent. Um, but looking over the next few weeks or so, it might be an option for the club to to bring in a few more players. Um, ben. It, Looking at the squad we've currently got, where would you say we need to sort of, if you were to pick one area, um, I know it's hard, um, where would you sort of look to strengthen in particular? Would it be in goal? Would it be uh, centre midfield? Uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I'd say centre midfield. We need, we need a, um, uh, a defensive screener who's got legs. Um, and who can distribute the ball and enable Flanagan and Tazdemir to play further up the pitch. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, goalkeeper, a permanent goalkeeper would be good. A striker to, who'd make runs in behind and play off the shoulder would be good as well. Um, but yeah, I think prim- absolute top priority would be uh, that sort of um, Conte-type midfielder who can, uh, look like Sagaf, <laughs> a bite in the midfield and see it through. Um, uh, Mem, same question for you. Well, I think Cissé will come in at right and the right wing back. So I think that one of my issues will be, so that will be fine because Cissé does make them runs. So I, I'd agree with Ben. I think um, Payne is way off the pace. So I think we need some like legs. And, and finally for me then, um, we've got a couple of tough games coming up. If we look at the fixture list, um, we've got, uh, we're heading off to... Grimsby uh, next weekend. Uh, there's a joke in there somewhere about Blundell at Blundell, but I'm not going to make it. Um, uh, and then we've also got uh, Eastley after that, who, um, you know, despite what you were saying there, Ben, about being a slightly more progressive side, I, I sort of tipped to struggle this season. I do feel that um, they're potentially um, lost a couple of decent players in that squad, but no doubt they'll be probably looking for a similar season in terms of our aspirations of pushing up towards the top end of the table. Followed by that, we've got uh, a run of quite tricky games um, up until we really play Kings Lynn, uh, which I've sort of targeted as the ninth game where I think we might get a win. Um, I'm, are you more positive and optimistic than that, Ben? I mean, do you think, you know, we've got Grimsby, Eastley, Chesterfield, Bromley, and then sorry, it's Weymouth on the 25th of September. From those next four games, what do you think a reasonable return is? Um, I mean, and, and perhaps <laughs> a different question what do you think we'll actually get <laughs> um, as things stand I think we'd we'd get three points um, a reasonable term would see us getting points off Chesterfield um, well off, off Eastley and uh, Grimsby maybe I, I think Grimsby are, are solid but they're a bit more stodgy in the way they, they play I don't think they're they're likely to tear teams uh, apart like uh, Notts County, uh, County do. So uh, may- maybe a reasonable return would be seven or eight, but I think a likely return, as, unless things change, is uh, three. Mem, what about you? I think we've got to be aiming for six. We've got, well, no, actually, no, looking at this, actually, no, forget that. We've got, um, <laughs> We've got to be aiming for th- at, minim- uh, at least three points because obviously three-away visit, three-way fixtures. I'd be looking at, if I was looking at that, I'd be saying, okay, we need to come out of them four fixtures with four points. Um, if we can get a fifth point with Grimsby, but I would be so like, we've got, we've got, you know, we, we have to be easily at home. We'd have to get at least a point of Bromley, have to get at least a point of Grimsby. Chesterfield, I, thought I can see that being a bit of a spanking. Um, wait, the, judging by the way we're playing now. So 
four or five out of them we, we have to have. Well, um, good listen. We'll leave you to decide what a reasonable uh, return is. Um, uh, but Ben, thank you so much for your time. Uh, pleasure to have you on uh, as usual to add some sense and normality uh, to this show. Mem, it was good to see you as always. And uh, hopefully we will be back uh, with you very, very soon.